this morning. It is so nice to see everyone's faces, beautiful faces. For those watching online, we thank you for joining. Um, I hope you come expecting this morning. I am. <laughs> Let's confess our vision. We are a strong, growing community of faith-filled believers who live aligned to the Word of God, and we make an internal impact in the lives of others. Amen. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. We just worship you this morning, Father God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. We just worship you this morning, Father. We just glorify your name this morning, Lord. We thank you, Father, for your son who went on that cross for us, Lord, and shed his blood so we can be forgiven, so we can be healed, so we can be free, and so we can do anything through you, Lord. And we just worship you this morning. We just remember what you did in that cross for us, Lord Jesus. And we just thank you. And we just worship you, Father. Thank you for your presence, Lord, in this place today. And thank you for your blood that covers us. We just worship you, Father. We just honor you this morning, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I know that I can testify this morning that I'm here because of him, because of what he did on that cross. So this morning, let's just, and I'm sure that everyone here can testify the same. So this morning, let's just worship him and let's just remember what he did for us.
Thank you that there is power in the blood. Thank you, Father. We worship you this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you for your blood. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you.
seated this morning and ushers if you would serve uh, the family communion elements this morning we're going to go ahead and prepare uh, the uh, our time of taking our covenant meal together those of you who are watching online you can go ahead and get your elements together take a minute and do that and we'll take communion here in just a few minutes Jesus told us that each time each time we take of the Lord's table, that we ought to remind ourselves of his redemptive work and the new covenant which he purchased for us. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 and 12 in the New Living, it says, Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies, not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God has made to, had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. A Gentile is someone who doesn't know God or has no covenant with him. They are outsiders. Before you and I were born again or saved, we were Gentiles. Without Christ, we were outsiders without a covenant, having no hope and without God in this world. Anyone who has no covenant with God has no covenant rights. But it doesn't have to end there. Ephesians 2.13 in the New Living says, But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him. How? Through the blood of Christ. We've been brought near by the blood of Jesus. We were just singing about the blood of Jesus. And I know it's, it's kind of strange to be singing about someone's blood. If someone wrote a song today about the blood of their loved ones, we would all be like, okay, that's a bit strange. But this is not just about anybody's blood. This is about Jesus, the Son of God, the Anointed One, the one who the Bible calls the spotless Lamb of God. Life is in the blood. New life is in the blood of Jesus. Amen? And that's what we're singing about when we say, I know it was the blood for me. And that blood still flows for you and I today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. His blood poured out of him when he was scourged, whipped, beaten, and hung on a cross. And there was a purpose for it. It was to bring those who will receive it into covenant with God the Father. Amen? The blood made it possible for us to be insiders. Hallelujah. No longer outsiders without God and without hope. 
We now have hope and we are a part of his inner circle. Amen? I love being on the inside. Amen? When you're on the inside, you have inside information. Amen? Glory to God. Now we sang about the blood of Jesus and that is so important. But if there was no broken body, there would be no shedding of blood. Amen? And so we remember and acknowledge both the body and blood of Jesus as we take our covenant meal together. His body was broken, bruised, beaten, and he took on him all our sicknesses, diseases, disorders, shame, confusion, Poverty, anxiety, depression, guilt, addiction, sadness. He felt the weight of all of it on him. Ever been really afraid? Jesus felt fear like he never felt it on the cross. He took it all on him. All on him. Why? So we could be free from it. Hallelujah. He felt the weight of it all. And again, he did it to bring us into covenant with the Father. And now we have covenant rights. Amen? When we receive it. These covenant rights include healing, health, wholeness, peace, joy, freedom, success, wealth. This is your inheritance. Hallelujah. We call this the great exchange. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. So this morning, if you're watching or if you're here and you're an outsider, you can make a change just like that. It's very simple to do. All it is, it's a change of heart. What are you allowing to live in your heart? Is it fear and resentment, guilt, confusion, lies from the devil? Or is it Jesus himself? Because he wants to come and be a part of your life. Hallelujah. And so you can quickly make that change in your heart and receive your covenant rights. Be brought into fellowship with the Father. And it's very simple. All you got to do is tell him, Jesus, I need you. I want you. I can't do this anymore by myself. But I need you to come and take my life and do something with it. I've made a mess of it. I want to give it to you. I ask you to come into my heart, forgive me of my sins, and make me a brand new person. Hallelujah. You know when you do that, I can't stand here and promise you that all your problems will disappear just like that. But I can promise you that you'll never go another day and face another problem without him. You'll never face it alone. Again, from this day forward, you'll still have problems. We live in a world that's full of them. But you'll never again have to face it alone. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so once we receive him, we're brought into fellowship with him. And we're brought into covenant with him. That's why Jesus died. That's why we're putting ourselves in remembrance of this this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now let's take the covenant meal together. If you'll look in 1 Corinthians 
chapter 11, verse 23 and 24. And Ivan, I'll read it out of the New King James Version. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. That the Lord Jesus, I love doing things that Jesus did. It just makes me feel closer to him. I love doing things that he did. That's how we're supposed to live as little Christs, Christians. <laughs> we do what Jesus did. And that's what we're doing this morning. We get to be a part of it. He didn't just reserve that for himself and certain people. He told us we can all do it. And he told us to do it often, often. It says, as often as you. I love doing things that he did. So it says in 1 Corinthians 11, 23, 24, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now you'll remember that during that time that they were eating, Judas was in the room. And Judas is the one that betrayed him. He didn't look at Judas and say, everyone here take, eat, except you, my betrayer. Except you, Judas. He didn't exclude anyone. He never broke covenant with Judas. I thank God for that. He is a covenant-making, covenant-keeping God. And no matter what you do, we've got 1 John 1, 9, that we can confess our sins and what the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. He made a path for us to just continually come to him. And so we're going to take this uh, morning. Ooh, okay, five-second rule applies. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> All right, we're good. We're good. We're doing something that's good, so it's okay. Hallelujah. All right, stand with me this morning. Try not to drop your elements. Hallelujah. I have many a Bible that was the color purple by the time I got done with communion as a kid. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, we're going to take the body of the Lord now. We don't believe in this church that this is the real body and that this is the real juice, this is the real blood. We don't believe that in this church. This is a representation of it. It's, it's a symbol of it. And so that's how we're going to receive it. So as we eat this wafer this morning or those joining us online, if you have bread, crackers, whatever it is, take a moment to appreciate the complete healing and wholeness that Jesus' whipped and bruised body offers you. Take a moment to appreciate that. Let's acknowledge it. Thank you, Jesus, that you endured and took the weight of all that we'll ever face in our bodies. Any sickness, any disease, anything that we can stand and face in this body, this natural body, you took it upon yourself. We thank you for doing that so we could be healed and whole 
and we appreciate you and we receive wholeness and health in every area of our bodies today. Glory to God. Go ahead and take and eat this morning and just thank him. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for your broken body, which is now healed and restored. It's such a picture of how we go through things. And we may be, feel broken, but you put us all together and restore us in better condition than how you found us in the mess we made. We thank you, Lord, for restoration. Right now, in the name of Jesus, scars in our lives, those we can see and those we can't. I thank you that we are healed right now in the name of Jesus. Take your healing right now in the name of Jesus. I speak to physical scars on your body, those things that you look at every day that remind you of a past that you want to forget. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I speak to your body and I command healing of those scars in Jesus' name. Not a trace of your past in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, restoration, in Jesus' name, glory to God. Verse 25 of 1 Corinthians 11 says, In the same manner he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Verse 26 says, For as often. As you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. As you drink this cup this morning, see Jesus' magnificent sacrifice that forgave your sin. Recognize that Jesus' victory over the devil gave you victory in every area, hallelujah, of your life. And rejoice that Jesus' blood made official the new covenant and opened the door for you to enter boldly, hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank him for the blood today. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood that was poured out for us. We thank you that we are forgiven and that we have victory. Even victory over death. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father God, because of your blood, Jesus. Thank you that we are not alone, but we are joint heirs with you, Jesus. And we have a covenant with our Father God. And we have all of the rights and privileges as sons and daughters because of the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Go ahead and drink this morning. Glory to God. Now, team, let's thank him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. We just thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you for the blood.
Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we just worship you. Thank you for the blood. Oh, we worship you. We worship you. Hallelujah. Oh, we worship you, Lord. And we thank you. you grateful <laughs> aren't you so thankful for his blood hallelujah father thank you for the opportunity to gather this morning and thank you for the honor to sing your name to sing about you the honor to worship you Anytime, anytime, I thank you, Father. It's such an honor and a privilege to worship you, not just as a God that's the creator of the universe that's somewhere far away, but as our Father. We are your sons and daughters to worship you as a son and a daughter. Thank you for that opportunity. Thank you for the honor to partake of the covenant meal. Thank you, Lord. We don't take it for granted, but we thank you, Father, for it. We thank you for the provision that's in your blood, Jesus. We thank you for it. And today we lift up those who are part of our congregation who are traveling. We have a number of people who are traveling on vacation uh, this week. I just ask, Father God, no matter where they are, what they're doing, that your presence go with them that you remind them how much you love them, <laughs> that you are always there for them, always close to them. We thank you for your protection over them, your guidance. I thank you, Father, that you give them favor everywhere they go, great parking spaces, no traffic, whatever it is that they're standing in faith for, we come into agreement with them. We thank you, Father God, that your will is being done in their lives at every turn. In Jesus' name, though they are not present here with us, we thank you that your spirit is with them and never leaves them or forsakes them. In Jesus' name. And most importantly, we thank you that they will have a fun time of enjoyment and relaxation and renewal. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated this morning. Thank you, team. God bless you. Good morning, everybody. For those of you who don't know my name, my name is Christy, and I will be <laughs> bringing the announcements to you. <laughs> um, first off, I just wanted to thank um, Sister Nisha and Craig for hosting the Kingdom Couples event yesterday. So we had a great time, um, games and fellowship, and me and my husband are not very good at games, just so you know. <laughs> you could beat us. Um, so just a few brief announcements before we get on with the service. Um, for our Financial Revolution family meetings, um, Steve Higgins will be here next Sunday, which is August 8th, 
Um, during that service, everybody will have an opportunity if they'd like to sign up for the family meetings, which will be held between Monday and Thursday of next week. And these meetings are completely free and they're open to anyone that could benefit from financial freedom. So tell your family, your friends, you can invite. Um, they'll be o going over a personalized plan for each individual family, for each individual or each family to get out of debt. And most people who work with Steve Higgins um, in this team um, are out of debt in five to seven years, including a mortgage. So this is, this is something we need to partake of and it is free. So um, and regarding uh, the water baptism, uh, we encourage people to still sign up for it. Um, the date currently is Sunday, August 15th. That might change because of a conflict at Pierce Beach. And we'll let you know within this coming week um, what the exact date will be. It will be held on a Sunday morning, but if you'd like to be baptized, you can still sign up for that. And there is a women's group luncheon uh, Saturday, August 21st. It'll be at 11 a.m. Donna, raise your hand at Donna Vernos' house. Um, there's a sign-up sheet in the foyer. And you can also, if you have any questions, you can feel free to ask Donna. And our last announcement for today, we have a special guest coming August 29th. This is Pastor Ray Jean Wilson, all the way from California. Um, and this is going to be, he'll be here for the morning service. And after the service, we're going to have a catered barbecue. Uh, so plan on staying, enjoying fun fellowship with the family. Um, Amen. Ready to give. All right. Good morning, everybody. Okay, I guess I'm gonna take you know, give uh, you a chance to plant the, your seed and give your tithing. Um, you can go ahead and um, ushers if you go ahead and pass the envelope for whoever needs it. And uh, Ivan, can you put the confession over here? I'm not going to confess. I'm going to teach from that today. Okay? Just a couple of words. Okay. The first thing that he said, because we are tithers, what that means? That means that we give our first, the first fruit of our income. What is for? To connect us with the provision of God. This is our right, our covenant right. Jesus, we just sing the blood. The blood of Jesus gave us the covenant right to participate on the God kind of wealth. So prosperity, that's what he's talking about. And then God promised he's going to respond to us this way. He said he will open the window of heaven and put a blessing upon us that we cannot contain. You have room to put that you cannot contain? Um, and then he said that you will rebuke the devourer for your sake. That means you are protected, protected by him. So that's one, one big part. And after that, we see over here, you said, um, because we are sowers, that means we sow the seed. That's another place of blessing, okay? So this one is when we give above of our covenant. So this one in Luke chapter um, 
we'll, we'll quote the scripture all the time, and we all know that. 6.38, it said, give it. This is my it. Okay? I'm giving my it. He said, when I give my it, it will be given back to me, not that one. Good measure. Shake, press down, shaken together and running over. Okay? But this another it. You'll find that in Hebrew. Hebrew chapter 11 said that um, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things that we not see. And verse 2, you say this. The elder, by it, meaning by faith, the elder received a lot of it. If you read the book of uh, Hebrew 11, it's amazing. So that it is what I give to God. I give Pastor Maria my it natural because man will give back to me. This is earth. So man is the one that's going to respond to God when I tell God my faith. God, here's my it, my faith. See, that's called tithing or giving the seed. When I do that, then what happens? Jesus said this, John 10.10, 10, the thief come not but to kill, to steal, and to destroy. That is a kingdom. And they have a king, and his king is the devil. Okay? When we say, if I keep saying, I'm broken, I'm broke, I don't have enough, I have a lack. I'm talking to the king of the kingdom of darkness, and you have every right to act on my words because this earth and heaven act on the word. But Jesus said on the same scripture, but I come that you may have life, just not life, to the full until you overcome. Oh, overflow. So if we act on it, faith, <laughs> on this kingdom that Jesus is the king of, then what we say, it will come to pass. Things come to pass all the time in our life. It's just we're not paying attention to that. So just re we remember that tithing, we get to God with with covenant is our covenant right then he'll bless us when we give seeds and others then we give it to god to man so god can use man to give back to us heaven don't have no money all is here operate over here so man will give back to us and then we give god our faith and then he'll multiply and it'll cause man to give it to us, okay? So it's just principle of faith, okay? So I'm going to pray, and then you're going to come and present the Lord your faith over here, okay? Praise the Lord. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we ask you this morning to give us revelation knowledge about finance, about prosperity, about giving, about receiving, 
about the things that you so talk about in your words, so many places, so many times. Lord, we thank you for that revelation knowledge that will grab hold of it, Lord, and don't let go. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it, that you bless us with all spiritual blessing in a heavenly place in Christ Jesus. Amen. You can come and bring your blessing. And thank you so much for, for giving to Father's house. We are blessed. On this, it's not just uh, it's not just this. You don't need everything over here, but pick one thing that you need in this paper and that confession, and go for it. Okay. Glory to God. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, Terry, not Terry, Jerry Ann. Savelle, well, her last name's different now. Uh, Jerry Ann, Jerry Savelle's daughter, uh, went live yesterday for a few minutes because uh, she received a miracle. Uh, he, her husband, who she just got married, uh, it's not been a year yet, uh, he had to have back surgery. And the surgery cost $100,000. And that's the portion insurance didn't pay for. And so uh, she said they kept sending them bills and stuff, and the, the, the hospital said she called, and she's like, listen, you know, is there anything we could do because, you know, <laughs> this is a lot of money. And so uh, the lady said, well, send me all of your bills, told the husband. Send me the bills and stuff, and we'll look at it. Maybe there was something that was missed, that kind of thing. Well, he was busy, never took the time to do it. And so uh, he ended up, you know, not submitting the stuff. And so yesterday they were working in the yard. So when she got on, usually she's all put together. She's like, I'm sorry, I'm a mess, but this is how excited I am. I excited I am. And so they were working in the yard and the mail came and it was from the hospital. And it looks like a bill, like the bills that they've been getting. And so uh, she said, uh, he dreaded it. He, she asked him, did you dread? He said, yeah, I didn't want to open it. So he took a while to open it. So then he opened it and uh, it said that uh, the balance due was zero. They took care of it. They wrote it off. <laughs> I was like, that happens to me all the time, <laughs> in Jesus' name. But that's a $100,000 bill. I'd get on Facebook, too, looking a mess to share my testimony. A $100,000 bill in one day canceled, zero dollars owed. That's God. Only God can do that. And so that's the favor of God. And they actually, he had sowed a seed towards the favor of God in his life on that. After hearing Brother Jerry speak a couple days ago, he sowed a seed towards that. And look, it didn't take but a few days. And that was all taken care of. God is so good. Amen. Doing life with God uh, makes life so much better. You're still going to have problems. But I thank God I don't have to go through them alone. Amen. Glory. Number of people today. People are traveling on vacation, different things. And so uh, we're just lifting them up before the Lord. We had a good time on our vacation. We went to Williamsburg and Virginia Beach last week. It was nice. Nice beach to go to if you're looking for nice waves, huge waves, clean water. This is the place to go. And so, and, and not cold either. It was, you could go right in. <laughs> and so it was fun. It was fun to be with Kev. 
and also Nina get to spend some quality time. Uh, it really was a wonderful time. So for the past three Sundays, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit and his gifts. If you've missed any of this series, I don't have a lot of time to review right now. Uh, so I highly recommend you go back and listen. This is part four. Uh, go back. You can find it on Facebook, YouTube, uh, our website, FHFCMA.com. Uh, the gifts of the Spirit we are focusing on in this series are located in our foundation scripture, which uh, you can find in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8 to 10. I'll read it out of the New King James. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the same Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. You know how many times he says by the same Spirit? It's one source, one source, variety of gifts, one source, and that's the Holy Spirit. And Paul really made a point of saying that in this verse. One source for all of this variety of gifts. One source is the Holy Spirit. So these are the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. And us for us to be the supernatural church that God needs in this hour, these gifts we just read are essential. Last week we got into some essential stuff <laughs> about church being essential, non-essential. Uh, depending on what the church teaches. And so, uh, but uh, as we read, these gifts are essential uh, if we're going to be the supernatural church that God needs in this time that we're living in. God takes natural people and works supernaturally through them to manifest his power here on this earth. And it's our job to make ourselves ready to be used by God. Now, last week, we also looked at 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. I'll read it out of the King James first. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. And then the New King James Version says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. The Apostle Paul says here that the gifts of the Spirit are manifestations of the Holy Spirit to the church. That's what the gifts of the Spirit are. Manifestations of the Holy Spirit to the church. And to manifest means to show. The Holy Spirit doesn't just want to uh, be present in the church, but he wants to manifest or show himself in the church. And one way he does that is through these nine gifts. The manifestations, we said last week, are given to every man. That's what it says in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Every man in Greek is that all-inclusive term. That means every single person with no one excluded. That's what that term means. God wants every Christian to function in the spiritual gifts. Did you hear that? God wants every Christian, say that includes me, to function in the spiritual gifts. No one is exempt or excluded with God. Everyone. You talk about inclusion, everyone is included who's a child of God. He wants every Christian to function 
in the spiritual gifts. And you're a candidate for that. These manifestations also, he says in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, are for the profit of all. And we said last week the word profit describes something that is a benefit or an advantage gained. And so we thank God for the advantage that we have uh, when we uh, are in, as a child of God, every good and perfect gift we said in James chapter 117 comes from God. And so these gifts of the Spirit are an advantage to us, a benefit to us. It's a plus and not a minus. Anytime God gives us something, it's a plus, not a minus. Amen? It benefits the whole church. Glory to God. So each one of us should feel that we are chosen by God. If we don't feel that way, then we're thinking that God is a respecter of persons. We know the word of God says he's not. He doesn't show favoritism. He's just, he's just and he's fair and he's no respecter of persons. Again, our job is to make ourselves available to these manifestations. Look at 1 Corinthians 12. Verse 11 in the New King James. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each or every man individually as he wills. We said last week, there's the small qualification right there. As he wills, not as we will, but as the Holy Spirit wills. He knows our capacity. He knows how we would use these gifts. And as he wills, he manifests himself through us. Now, that doesn't mean that you just have to pick one gift and, okay, I want to be. No, you can desire them all. In fact, Paul tells us to covet earnestly the best gifts. What's the best gifts? The one that you need at that moment. That's the best one. And so uh, we are to covet earnestly. They, the word of God tells us, do not covet. That was a, a, a commandment. But yet Paul tells us to covet the things of the spirit. So uh, it's as the spirit of God wills. Remember, we don't turn it off and on like a light switch, though some will tell you they can. That's not scriptural. It's as he wills. I can't stand up here and guarantee you that for every service, you're going to see a manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit. To do that would be a non-truth. I could not do that. We cannot guarantee that. We can't guarantee that. It's as the Spirit wills. But what we can do is make ourselves ready and available and come expecting the gifts of the Spirit to manifest. Someone might ask, well, if God wants to heal us, then why wouldn't the gifts of healings manifest at every service? Good question. Why? Why wouldn't they? Well, the gifts of healings are just one way that healing comes. And it's not even the most common way that healing comes. Do you want to know what the most common way that healing comes. Let's go to Proverbs 4, 20. Ivan, I'm going to read it out of the New Living. And we'll probably go to verse 22. Here's the most common way 
that healing comes to us. Proverbs 4, 20 to 22. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them. And what? Healing to what? Their whole body. This is the most common way that healing will come to us right now. So I can't guarantee that the gifts of healings will be manifested in this service. Because again, it's as the Holy Spirit wills. But I can guarantee you that if you will listen to the word of God on a daily basis and keep it in front of your eyes, let it get down into your heart, that healing will come. That's a guarantee. Healing will come. But you know what the problem is? Is that we stop doing that. We stop. If you went to the doctor for a medical condition that required medication and the prescription said take one pill daily for 10 days, what would happen if you stopped on day two? It's not a trick question. It won't work. It's one pill daily for 10 days. You stop at day two, you're not going to get over whatever infection or whatever it is that you went to the doctor for. Well, we do the same thing with the word of God. Proverbs 4, 22, uh, 20 to 22 prescribes, is a prescription for us. It tells us that if we'll get the word deep down in our hearts, the only way it gets there is if we continually look at it, we say it, we read it, gets down into our hearts. But we do it for three days and we don't see results. We give up and we blame God. Healing must have passed away. It doesn't work for me. I don't know why it doesn't work. It never works for me. I never get my healing. I never do, never do. Well, what, you're not saying what Proverbs 4.22 says. The word of God, if you'll get it on the inside of you, brings healing to your whole body. <laughs> it's so clear in the word of God. And that is how healing will come. You don't have to wait for the gifts of healings to manifest to receive your healing. Okay, well, that was free. Glory to God. So, <laughs> God is a God of order. Uh, and three, we know, is considered the number of divine perfection or completion. You have the threefold nature of God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You have the threefold nature of man, that's us, spirit, soul, body. Well, the simplest way to describe the nine gifts, also they can divide up into three categories. So it's so orderly. God just does things in such order. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 to 6, it says there are diversities or varieties of gifts, but one source, the Holy Spirit. So the simplest way to divide these gifts are three of them say something, three of them do something, 
and three of them reveal something. Three say, three do, three reveal. That's how they're broken up in the categories. Now let's look at them a little more. The three that say something are known as the gifts of utterance, or to simplify it, I like to say the vocal gifts. These are the ones that say something. They are prophecy, divers or different kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Again, these are the vocal gifts, the ones that say something. Prophecy, different kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. We are going to go through these in depth, each one more in depth as we go forward. The three that do something are the power gifts. And these are the gifts we really are mandated right now during this year to talk about even more. The gifts, and these are the, the gifts in this category, the power gifts. Gift of faith, the working of miracles, and the gifts of healings. Notice the word gifts and healings are both plural. It is not the gift of healing. And then we have the three that reveal something. They are known as the revelatory gifts. Some call them the inspiration gifts. These are the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and discerning of spirit. So those are the nine gifts broken in three categories. Those that say something. Those that, and we call those the vocal gifts or the gifts of utterance. The, those that do something. Or we can call them the power gifts. And those that uh, reveal something. The revelatory gifts or gifts of inspiration. Some folks might want to call it that. And we'll look at them more in depth as we go through uh, this series. But if you'll remember, we talked about how the Corinthian church saw mighty manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit. Remember that? We talked about that. More so than any other church in that day. Well, the gifts they saw manifest more in the Corinthian church were two categories of the gifts. They were the vocal and revelatory gifts. Those are the ones they saw operate more in that church than any other gifts, the vocal and revelatory. We could see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4 to 9. And we're going to read that because we're going to pick something out of here that I think is very important for us. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 4 to 9. I thank my God. Now, this is Paul talking, remember, to that crazy Corinthian church. Remember, to be, if you were a drunk in that day in, in the province of Rome and you lived in Rome, you were known as a Corinthian. <laughs> this is the church that Paul is writing to. And so he said, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God, which was given to you by Christ Jesus, or the anointed one that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance, vocal gifts, and all knowledge, revelatory gifts, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
who will also confirm you to the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And verse 9 says, God is faithful by whom you were called into fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Back in verse 5, it says that you were enriched in everything by him. That word enriched in Greek describes vast wealth. Vast wealth. It refers to a person so rich that he is unable to ascertain the full extent of all he owns and of his own wealth. Or a person whose power is derived from his wealth. Enriched. His wealth grows so fast, his accountant and his bookkeepers find it impossible to keep track of how much wealth he actually possesses. Oh yeah, there's such thing. <laughs> enriched. <laughs> enriched. I want to be enriched. <laughs> and so his wealth positions him to exercise power in his realm of influence. So how did this Corinthian church become so spiritually wealthy? That's a good question. How did they become so spiritually wealthy? The spirit was manifesting himself quite liberally in their church. It seemed like it must have been like every service they saw the gifts of the spirit moving. Enough so that Paul had to address, you know, how to do it, how to, how to manage it. <laughs> because they had such an abundant supply in their church. How did they become so spiritually wealthy? Well, you know when you got born again, or we call it saved, whatever, you became a Christian, you received the first work of grace. The first work of grace. When the grace of God touches a person's life, transformation always comes. Always comes. The grace gives you the ability to repent, the desire to change, and the power to live a sanctified life. You know, we need to understand that. When we get saved and the grace of God touches our lives, we are transformed right then and there. We're transformed. And it always starts in us at that point. You know, we live that life that's sanctified, aligned to the word of God only by the grace of God, by the grace. God's grace manifests in many ways in our lives. And Paul here said for this church in Corinth that the way it was manifesting was through the Holy Spirit and his spiritual gifts. This is how the grace was manifesting in their lives and in their church. They saw an outward evidence of the amazing level of grace that God had poured out on the Corinthian church family. It was visibly evident. Grace is not invisible. It's not silent. Grace is seen in our lives. It's seen. It's evident. When the grace of God touches your life, bottom line, it changes you from the inside out. 
The change starts inward first and maybe you don't see it at first. But in the spiritual realm, that change, you're marked and it's seen. The devil knows who you belong to. You no longer belong to him. No longer. God knows that you're his son. You're his daughter. And so that grace then begins to work on the inside and the evidence of it starts there. But then there always comes some type of physical evidence. Now, when I was going through my time of rebellion, uh, my language was not exactly uh, good. <laughs> I picked up all kinds of words that I did not learn from my parents growing up. Never heard them utter a curse word in my life growing up. Never. Not one, no, not one, ever, ever did I hear a curse word come out from their mouth when I was growing up. But for some reason, I learned them and I picked them up and it became a part of my everyday language. Just a part of it. And I had no problem speaking it, hearing it, being around it. Didn't matter to me. That was my language, even though it wasn't the language I was raised with. But when I gave my heart back to God, because <laughs> for a while I took it <laughs> and did my own thing and let other things in, when I gave myself back to God, that language changed, and I don't mean it took a gradual change. For me, it was immediately. Immediately. And so I stopped talking that way. That was the grace of God. Inwardly, a change happened, and then it became evident outside, to the point where now when people get around me when I was working in a secular job, they would say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. If you knew me back 20-something years ago, you wouldn't even have to say that because you would think, oh, she speaks the same way as I do. <laughs> so what's the matter? Well, that's a change. That's the grace of God. Well, that can happen in every area, and that's why Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Our mind is renewed by the word of God, and his grace helps us. It empowers us to change those old habits. The old things that we were doing in the past start to just fall off. A little bit at a time, maybe for you. Now, again, when I went through my period of rebelling, I took up smoking. Never did I see my parents ever smoke. In fact, my mom's allergic to cigarette smoke. Her nose would bleed. My grandfather, he was a smoker. And so he would come over, she'd make him a little ashtray out of foil, and he'd go outside and smoke. That's the only person, you know, in family that we'd go see. But they never smoked. And when I was young, I'd be like, ugh. Well, when I went through my rebellious stage, I started smoking. Because everybody else was. And Maria didn't know how to say no. And so I just started smoking. Well, I moved home at a period in my life where things went crazy and sideways, so I moved back home. Do you know that addiction to nicotine stopped the moment I moved home? The minute I moved home, because mama don't like cigarette smoke. All of a sudden, I could stop smoking. I tried to stop. 
I stuck for nine months when I was pregnant with him. After I had him, give me a cigarette. Right back to it. I stopped with Liz for nine months. Right back to it, right after I had her. When I moved home, after I moved home, and God started to work in me, because now I was in a good atmosphere where the Spirit of God, I'm sure she was praying, not, mm -hmm, make her sick. Well, it did. Cigarette smoke made me sick. I couldn't be near it. It was like, ooh, you know, stop smoking around me. Well, it was immediate for me with that. Drinking took a little longer. But you know what? You've got to be mindful of the grace of God that can help you. We try to do it alone. Even AA will tell you there's a higher power. I'm going to put a name to the higher power. It's God, your father. And you don't have to do it alone. But every day you've got to do what Proverbs 4, verse 20 to 22 says. I don't know why we're going here today. This is not part of the gifts of the Spirit. Proverbs 4, 20 to 22 says, keep the word in your eyes and in your heart. Not just look at it as a little snack here and there. No, I can't go without eating for more than five hours. I don't know about you. <laughs> Well, we should be the same way if we really have a stronghold in our lives. We can't just put two minutes of the word on it and go, took care of that. No, you didn't, because that stronghold is a stronghold. It has a stronghold on you. You want deliverance? Put the word on it consistently. Consistently. If you smoke this many times, double the amount of word that you're putting in. You drink, do the same with that. But I tell you, the grace of God starts inward and then it will start changing and things will start falling off. Amen? It starts coming off. You don't even realize it, that the word separated you from whatever it was. The word will separate you from whatever it is that's holding you back. Let the word of God do it. Just get it in your heart. Sometimes you say, well, I don't understand all of it. Just get it in your heart. Let the Holy Spirit help you. Let him help you. Get it in there. And so when the grace of God touches a person's life, transformation always comes. Grace gives you the ability to do the things you couldn't do before. I had tried to quit smoking. I don't know how many times. I even tried the gum, which was nasty and made me nauseous. <laughs> so I tried everything. Everything. The minute I moved home and I got into a house that's filled with the spirit of God and the grace of God. Hmm, that's something. Maybe just totally immerse yourself in an atmosphere where there's praise and worship music going and the word just speaking all day long. I don't know how you could do that in that type of atmosphere. I wouldn't be able to sit here up in here and be smoking away. <laughs> I'd kind of feel, hmm. But Keith Moore actually told someone who was struggling with uh, nicotine addiction, struggling with it. He said, every time you take a cigarette out of the pack, because he goes, oh, I know what you're going to tell me. You're going to tell me to stop smoking. He goes, oh, no, keep smoking. He's like, what? He said, yeah, you know how we bless the food? Tell the Lord to bless that every time you do it. Bless this cigarette. In Jesus' name, I do it for your glory. And he's like, what? I can't do that. He said, everything you do, you do for the glory of God. Tell him. Every time you pull it out, I bless this in Jesus' name. I do this for the glory of God. The guy's like, I can't do that. He said, yes, you can. 
go ahead, do it. So he said, the man walked back into church a few you know, weeks later and said, I tried it. And every time he said, I went for a little while doing it. He said, and you know, your faith's not there for that, that kind of thing. But he said, it got to the point where I was like, what am I doing? The reality of what he was doing hit him. He was separated from those cigarettes, never smoked again. And so the word of God, just put God's word on it. Include him. Lord, I don't want it, in, you know, I want you included in every area of my life. So what I'm going to get into now, I want you to be there with me and help me through it. Now, if it's not the right thing, guess what? Your heart's going to go, uh-uh, maybe put that down. But if it's the right thing, he'll help you. Ask him for his help. Tell him you need his help. And so the grace of God is not silent or invisible. You get the victory over sin. You start watching what you say. Your behavior starts to change and align with the word of God. And so for the church at Corinth, remember, they were the biggest sinners in the world. <laughs> and that we see this amazing and abundant impartation of grace showed up in the form of the operation of the gifts of the spirit. And Paul used the word enriched, wealthy, vast wealth, uh, to tell the church in us that we are enriched, spiritually wealthy, by the Lord. The word by here can mean either in him or by him. And here's what it says. The day you were born again and placed into Jesus Christ was the richest day of your spiritual life. <laughs> the day you were born again and placed into Christ was the richest day of your spiritual life. You became a joint heir with Jesus. Again, we call that the great exchange. You became a joint heir with Jesus and you received the legal right to all the promises of God. It also conveys that this enrichment process isn't a one-time event. It continues throughout our lives as we walk with God. So we were made rich the day we were placed into him and we are continually being enriched as a result of being in him. Amen? Amen. So how did the church at Corinth get to be spiritually wealthy? God's grace was mightily poured out on them, and they walked with God. And remember, he's no respecter of persons. Uh, he said in 2 Corinthians 9.8, and we're going to close here, it says in the Amplified, 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and God is able to make what? All grace, every favor, and even earthly blessing come in abundance to you, in abundant supply of grace, so that you may always, under all circumstances, regardless of the need. What is the need? have complete sufficiency in everything, being completely self-sufficient in him, and have an abundance for every good work and act of charity. The church of Corinth received that abundant grace. It showed up in the form of the gifts of the Spirit. Remember, it's accompanied with an outward evidence. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And so God has that grace for us. He has the grace for us. And as the more we get further and further in this series, we'll continue next week. Next week, we'll probably look at the first three 
uh, gifts. Uh, we'll look at the gifts, uh, probably look at the, we'll see which way we'll start, but we'll look at first, first uh, three gifts and we'll get into that, uh, each one a little more uh, in depth. What is it? Why do we need it? How does it work? Uh, I will give some examples of how it's manifested here in this church. Uh, we have some examples of those and then others. And so I think uh, we're just right now is raising our expectation. That's what this message is about, raising our expectation. Because there's nothing you can do in terms of make it happen. You can pray for it. That's fine. Uh, but there's nothing you can do to make it happen. You know what I find interesting in that verse in Proverbs chapter 4? verse 20 to 22, it doesn't say anything about prayer in there. Prayer is important. But it doesn't say anything about prayer in that verse. It says, get the word in, <laughs> and it will bring life and healing to your whole body. It says nothing about pray first, then it doesn't. The word is so powerful. In itself, it's so powerful. Get it in you. Let the grace of God work with that. <laughs> the anointing of God, glory to God. There's nothing that can stop the church of God. Amen? Glory. Let's stand together. Thank you again for joining us this morning. I trust that you are full in him. Amen? Satisfied in him. Hallelujah. We thank God that he always is in our midst. Glory to God. For those joining us this morning online, thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness in joining us. We appreciate you. We love to see your comments. We love to see you participate during the service. And we hope to see you live and in person very soon. I know some folks will be here with us next week. Very important that you come and sign up for the family meetings. Uh, he'll tell you what you'll need to bring to those meetings, which will take place Monday to Thursday. And so we're ready for our financial revolution. Amen. Glory to God. Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you for the anointing. Thank you for the gifts of the Spirit. We thank you, Father, that no one is exempt who's a child of God uh, from functioning in those gifts. And so we thank you. We raise our expectation level right now in the name of Jesus. We say we're a candidate, a candidate for those gifts to operate in our lives. In Jesus' name, thank you as we go for your favor and abundant supply of grace that is with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. You're